So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. All right, Rockstars, listen, I had a little issue last week. iTunes, Apple iTunes removed this podcast for three days. It was an absolute disaster. I had sleepless nights. I mean, it was crazy because I had put some extra words after real estate Rockstars. I put the word selling, sales, you know, trying to think that they would help with search engine optimization. I was actually given advice to do that. And they took it down without notice because they said I, they don't, they frown on that or they don't allow that. So now it's just real estate rock stars with Pat Hyben, which was fine and it's fixed. But what happened was the only people that were able to listen to Wednesdays and Fridays episodes either did it on Stitcher Radio right, on their non-iPhone, on their smartphone, right, on their Android, whatever, or on a computer, or were subscribed. So if you were a subscriber on iTunes, you were able to get the Friday and Wednesday's episode, but if you weren't a subscriber, you couldn't hear it. Now, I don't plan on that happening again, but my point is that the subscribers benefited, and so if you have not hit the subscribe button, Please, please subscribe to this podcast just in case any shenanigans happen like that again. You know, you're guaranteed to get every single episode. Thanks, guys. All right, Rockstar Nation, man, uh, we have a great guest today. I got this 27-year-old guy. I don't want to say kid. I got a 27-year-old who out of Indianapolis, Indiana, that um, a few people said I needed to get on the show. And, and it wasn't because he's a real estate agent. He's selling a ton of houses. It was because he was a guy that saw real estate as a means to an end, saw real estate, and saw people like Donald Trump and and, and many people uh, beyond that who have made fortunes in real estate and said, you know, I want to uh, be a mogul and uh, I can do that too, even though I'm young and uh, I'm going to think outside the box and doing this and, and learned many lessons along the way. And uh, now he owns four apartment buildings. He has a, a company that um, invests in multifamily units. And he's bought and sold many, 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 many flippers or houses that have been fixed up and bought by investors and things like that. And uh, so anyways, uh, I wanted to dig deep into his story and I'm hoping that the Rockstar Nation could get a lot of lessons to pull from it to help them in their business and to help them in their lives and to help them expand their minds in setting goals for next year and to think bigger. And also encourage them to, you know, continue to walk their talk and buy houses as they sell houses uh, and build their real estate moguldom. So without further ado, Mr. Sterling White, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. 
Welcome, Rockstar Nation. Thanks so much for having me on, Pat. I'm ready to bring that value. Are you most guys 20, ready? Most 27 year olds don't know that long live rock and roll uh, sign. They think that's like Texas long. <laughs> I commend you on that. <laughs> it's, uh, that's awesome. So, um, all right, buddy. So, why don't you tell everybody about yourself, Sterling, so they get to know you better? Ah, so, just to start from the beginning, is I've always been in the, the entrepreneur. Uh, entrepreneurship as my background started at an early age elementary uh, school times when I was taking Kool-Aid and selling them to, to kids throughout the school, Pokemon cards, basically anything I can get my hands on. And then kind of fast forward to how I got into real estate was starting on the construction side of working on larger commercial projects and then shifted to the single family uh, bought and sold quite a bit of those, well over 100, and then still own those as well, and then shifted entirely to the multifamily over the past two years, which currently now own just a little over 250 uh, assets just for the, the multifamily side, total under 400. And, and you're 27. When did you start like real estate? Uh, real estate, investing, or in yeah, just anything actual, real estate, yeah. Uh, 19 years old. Okay, so you got eight years in it. So at 19 years old, now you didn't you graduate high school? Yes, just graduated high school and was first year or second year in college. And, and what happened? I was doing construction and uh, gosh, I did not enjoy college at that time. So actually, I would say a year after that is when I completely dropped out and made the full transition to uh, real estate. And, and tell me about your first deal. Uh, first deal was, and what I was mentioning to you uh, offline was, I actually found a mentor who was looking to transition from multifamily to single family, and then uh, basically didn't have the time to find a deal. So that's what I brought to the table, and that's how I acquired my first one. Found the found the single family that was producing income. Well, actually, it was uh, distressed, and we needed to put work in. But I brought that to them, and in return, I was able to get some equity. So wait a minute. So, so you met a guy, right? Who's a real estate mogul, right? And he yes. says, you know, I'd like to buy some single family homes. And he goes, but I don't want to pay retail price. He goes, Sterling, you know, if you find me something, we can talk. And, and then what happened? Exactly. That's exactly how it came down. He said, uh, I don't have the time to find a deal. I do have the capital on my end. I didn't have the capital, no credit really to get started. So I solved his problems. I solved my problem, found the deal, which was through a bandit sign, which was one of those we buy house signs. And then through that was said, hey, uh, his name was Will at the time. Well, his name was Will, my specific uh, person I partnered with. I have this deal. What do you think? And he said, I love it. And then that's when we closed on it. And, 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 and so you were able to buy a house, uh, your first house, uh, be, without any money and without any credit at 19 years old, you know, it's essentially your real estate commission. You didn't have a license, but you kind of, your real estate commission or your bird dog fee was a percentage of ownership in a house with this guy. Yeah, that is correct. I was able to sell myself and say, Hey, I'm more looking for the, the long term versus just taking a, a flat fee. Now, do you still own that house? I, I have sold uh, that house since then. You have? Okay. And, and what percentage was yours of that deal? Just out of uh, curiosity. 15%. Okay. 
and and then so did you guys flip that thing or what'd you do uh actually uh, sold out of that specific partnership so instead of not necessarily selling the asset sold out of the partnership and was able to take a couple grand out of it so he just basically said you know, i got bought out let me yeah you got bought out at, at some point and then okay uh, all right so now let's talk about like where you are today right you went from doing deals like that and then they do well, first of all did and then you just started doing more and more of those and finding more and more people to to do that with yeah, exactly. And then I got into some fix and flips too. Didn't really like, like that so much. It takes quite a bit of time, but it just made more sense. Took all that capital that I accumulated through that and just plowed it into buying holds. It's kind of interesting because like real estate agents would do that for a lot less of a commission than 15%, right? They would, you know, whatever their typical commission is, it's it's much less than 15%. So they would do both sides of the transaction, what they would call a double dip and think they're making a killing. But but here, you know, you don't have a real estate license uh, and you're finding that the, the value to the investor is two or three times what the normal commission would be actually. So it's interesting what investors will pay, you know, uh, for a good deal. Exactly. Or a, um, and I know wholesalers do this all the time. They type on a wholesale fee, you know, which is generally not 15%. It's generally a couple percentage, you know, um, or I don't know what it is. I, um, I got to go back and listen to our last episode with, uh, with Scott. But, but anyways, uh, so let's talk about this. So you did, uh, so how many of these did you do? Eventually you started your own company where you bought, fixed up, and then sold to, to people that wanted turnkey investments, right? Mm-hmm. That is correct. Mm-hmm. So did just a little over a hundred of those specific transactions. And why did you get out of that business? Uh, I would say uh, it was more of, so we would buy something, sell it to an investor. Well, at, at, from the model of what my mentor ventured off and did the turkey model is we saw the new crowdfunding legislation that was opening up. And then also when you do the turkey rental route, you have to manage that uh, generally is what you see. Uh, so you sell it to them and then you manage it. And you also, they still have control. But when we saw the new crowdfunding opening up, that legislation, that opened the door up for us to start our current company. And then also we wanted to have more control. And in addition to uh, provide portfolios of uh, properties to investors and allow pull together capital so they can invest alongside us versus us selling it to them. Right. Because essentially what you're doing is you're, you were buying that distressed, owning it, repairing it, fixing it up, putting a tenant in it, mm-hmm. putting a management company in place to manage the tenant and then selling it. Right. And exactly. Selling it and saying, um, you know, it, it gets this much rent. And uh, you did a hundred of those. And usually there's a lot of profit in that. You know, the other guys I've had on the show or talked to, you know, there's a lot of, there's, there's a decent amount of fat in that. Not that because I think investors are willing to pay, I don't want to say overpay, but maybe overpay uh, for what a house is worth because it already has a, a tenant in there paying rent and in the, in the, the, you can show a return. Right. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. correct. You hit the nail on the head. <laughs> but I know there's a lot of downside to that 
business model too, because even though they think it, they, they buy it because they think it's going to be so easy. They buy it. They're in New York City. You're in Indianapolis. They think this is going to be a breeze. They buy three or four of these properties. And then all of a sudden the tenant moves out. The tenant doesn't pay to pay the rent or, or whatever, or, or the tenant destroys the house and they get pissed off more than normal because they thought it was going to be easy and, and no frills, right? Whereas if they had just bought a place in New York themselves, they would have been ready for there to be headaches with it. Exactly. So you're dealing with a lot of sensitive investors. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, I would say that's accurate. And one thing you normally get, so for instance, and you're in Indianapolis, you people are more attracted to the yields, which they necessarily wouldn't be able to get in, let's say, California or in New York. So that's why they're willing to pay a little bit more for that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, they're chasing yields. Yeah, on paper. Hey, rock stars. Are you worried that your next set of leads will be a total waste of time and money? Or maybe that those missed calls and texts are turning potential clients into missed opportunities? You should be because these are two huge problems that will absolutely ruin a real estate business's profitability. Fortunately, Rebus CTO Austin Altman and I have come up with a solution. Rebus Complete. And it's got everything you need to maximize conversion, commissions, and profitability. Guys, this is the total package. When you sign up, not only are you getting the best training in the industry, every single course we offer, you're getting high-quality exclusive leads and access to the most advanced follow-up systems on the market. I've got Austin on the line now to talk about what Rebus Complete has to offer. Hey Austin, why don't you start by telling our listeners about the leads we send our members? Sure. Well, like you said, Pat, these are high quality. They're not just people who are passively interested in real estate. They are people who are actively looking to buy and or sell in our members market right now. Also, every single lead we send is 100% exclusive. We aren't sending the same leads out to hundreds or even thousands of agents like most lead distributors. When an agent gets a lead from our program, it's theirs and theirs alone. Wow. And these leads are integrated into our automated follow-up system, right? That's absolutely right. All of our leads are managed by the system's state-of-the-art AI. And what's awesome about that is the fact that it not only makes extremely fast contact with incoming leads, but it can also be configured to book appointments based on agents' availability automatically. It's a foolproof system. No more missed contacts and no more missed opportunities. Wow, that's kind of cool. Actually, it's quite incredible. Uh, guys, like the experts say, it takes speed to lead to succeed. If you're not able to respond to a lead within five minutes, you might as well forget about it. Yeah, it really is the answer to the follow-up problem that causes agents to lose potential business. And it's not just great for the hot leads we're sending to our members. The system also nurtures leads that aren't ready to take action today. It does everything from emails to text to ringless voicemails, even physical postcards. The system makes sure that whenever a lead is ready to buy or sell a home, 
our members are the agent that they think about first. <laughs> Man, I wish I had that when I was selling real estate. All right, Austin, this is great. Why don't you just tell our listeners how they can get more information on Rebus Complete? Sure. Either they text Rebus, R-E-B-U-S, to 444-999, or they can go directly to hybendigital.com slash Rebus. The page has more information on the program. In fact, it's got a video really going into a little bit of detail about what the program has to offer. And it also includes a form that agents can complete to book a complimentary discovery call. Oh, and if you're interested in becoming a Rebus Complete member, you're going to want to act fast. Before I forget, I wanted to mention that we assign slots on a zip code basis so that we can ensure that leads are exclusive. Unfortunately, that means once a slot for a zip code is full, we're not able to take on any new members in that area. Guys, you don't want to miss out on this. Pause the podcast and go to hybendigital.com slash Rebus. That's hybendigital.com slash R-E-B-U-S or simply text R-E-B-U-S, Rebus, to 444-999. That's Rebus to 444-999. Hey, and if you're enrolled in any Rebus course, don't forget to mention that during your complimentary call, what we're going to do for current customers is waive the entire membership setup fee. This is a game changer, guys, and I guarantee that you're going to regret it if you miss your chance to join. Pause the podcast and go to hybendigital.com slash Rebus or just text the word Rebus, R-E-B-U-S, to 444-999. That's Rebus to 444-999 now. The challenge with single families that I found is, is and, and I love them. I mean, I have a bunch of them myself, but year in and year out, you know, I'm pissed off at the amount of repairs. I, I, you know, I haven't had a year recently, at least, where I didn't look at the, the, my rental portfolio and say, what the hell happened at that house? There's <laughs> at least like a cut, 20% of them, right? They're like, are you kidding me? What was that for? Oh, well, the septic system exploded. Oh, well, the, you know, the tenant moved out and left the place in shambles. So it cost 12 grand to get it fixed. I'm like, are you kidding me? So, you know, it sounds like all those things added up uh, also, you know, pushed you out. Otherwise you would have made, you, you, you know, you certainly could have just put, uh, you know, a good manager in place and kept that business going, right? Yeah, exactly. And that was with another operator as well so that operator ran the show we more of was just buying the deals for that individual and then they were the ones that were doing the matchmaking and they had the management company i got you so you were kind of a partner correct exactly okay so now let's talk about uh the new legislation that got you attracted to saying hey i can be a real mogul now i can start buying <laughs> multifamily. so tell me about this what what, and no one understands it but you. So, so tell me like a third grader can understand what changed. Yeah, so, so the main over, over, overarching idea was allowing us to raise a larger, well, smaller amounts of capital from a larger amount of people. So through that, that's why when we started with our new model, we were able to start as low as $10,000 to raise from all of our uh, a variety of investors across the country. Because before that, 
you had you, number one, you had to be an accredited investor to invest in a syndicated apartment building deal, right? You exactly. Be, correct. And a syndicated investor is, you know, a million dollars in net worth, excluding your primary residence because everybody tries to bullshit their primary residence <laughs> equity. So <laughs> well, they took that out of the equation and, and, um, and, and, and or what, like 200 you know, grand, 200 grand income a year for two years straight or something, right? Or joint uh, 300K if you have a significant other. Okay. And um, so, so the people that were investing in multifamilies had some wherewithal. And then, and, and when, when did this change take place? I would say the Jobs Act was, uh, I'd have to go back into my records. I'm thinking it was either 2013, 2014, around that time period. Was it, was it that long ago? Um, and and what, did, what does it change to? What is it now? I would even have to do a refresher on that. It's been a while since I've uh, firm things. But, why, yeah. no, but you, went in, you went into it for a reason, right? You, you said, I don't, I don't have to. You know, before I had to go to accredited investors and, and you know, collect 100 grand each. Now I can collect 10 grand each mm-hmm. of any Joe Schmo, right? Mm-hmm. From accredited and non accredited is what they call it. Correct. And now, you, and you can't just collect the money and then go out and find a place, right? You got to find a place and then you got to collect the money, right? Yep, correct. And you also have to do some. You have to do registering with the, the SEC, and then you have to have an attorney draft up all your documents that you're now accepting from both, uh, from accredited and non-accredited as well. So tell me what, how that process was. Like, tell me about the, the first one you did, like what you went through. Yeah, I would say the, the main thing that we had experienced was when we were coordinating with our attorneys, what we can and cannot do in terms of how you solicit and how you don't solicit. So that's the, the main thing. And then also when you're uh, targeting uh, non-accredited investors is their specific, uh, oh, what I, what I had mentioned previously is how you basically solicit. And then you have to also have a relationship with that individual as well. So you can't just have someone hit your site and then invest with you. Well, you can't have a random person register on your site and then they invest with you that specific day. You actually have to have a relationship with that individual, multiple calls, emails, et cetera. You, you can't just run a Facebook ad, you know, <laughs> own real estate today, right? Exactly. Exactly. And have them send, but you can, you can get someone on your email list that way and then start a relationship with them. And then, so like, was it hard on your first one to, to all of a sudden, you know, okay, you find this unit and, um, well, let's talk about it. So the first one you found, how much was it? Uh, that was actually, so we transitioned fully to a portfolios of, uh, 10 houses. So through that, it took us a little over a year to find, well, just a little under a year to find all 10 of those assets. And then we, they were in distress. So we had to renovate them and get tenants in place. And then that's when we had it ready. And then we were ready to go and start raising money. <laughs> so you had to buy them first. You, exactly. the, at first you didn't do, at first you didn't do apartments. At first you just did, uh, you decided to go 10 houses at a time and turn it into like a little REIT. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. And then when you started doing multifamily, when you started doing your first apartment building, right? Mm-hmm. How hard was that to raise money for? 
Uh, I would say it was not very hard since we already had those previous relationships. And uh, I would say in today's market, over the past couple of years, investors are now even starting to pull their capital out of, what is it, uh, the, the stock market. And people see multifamily as more of a, uh, they perceive it as a uh, respected asset class. Exactly, exactly. So, so it's become easier and easier to raise money. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, okay, so uh, where do you find these people to give you ten thousand dollars a piece times? Like, like what's it, like the last one you bought? What? How much was it? The previous one was three point two five million. Okay, and so how much money did you have to raise for that? Uh, we had to put twenty five percent down, so eight thirty seven, or oh. roughly around a little over eight hundred thousand, and then raise. Yeah, did you have to raise money to fix it up or anything? Yeah, so we raised more, I believe about 300000 more over that down payment to take care of uh, capital improvements. So you raised about $1.2 million. Exactly. $1.3 million. How'd you do it? Where'd you find people to do that? Because right? a lot of people listen to me like, where the hell am I going to get $1.2 million? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like $3 million asset to them is a big deal, right? They're like, mm, I mean, it's a real big deal. $300,000 house as a rental property to a lot of people is big or a $30,000 house. Some people won't even do that. So, you know, they look and say, here's a 27 year old guy that's doing, uh, you know, a $3 million apartment building. How do I do it? Let's say tomorrow I want to start from scratch and just do it. Like aside from the legalese and hiring a lawyer, which anybody could do, what specifically did you do to raise that money? Yeah, so this all goes back to lessons and ultimately through all the the little deals, the single families ultimately was able to get me to build up to this point. So it wasn't just just jumping right into the multifamily side. And then also with that is having people, mentors and other operators that you could reach out to because once we made that shift to the, the larger deals, we had other people who had eyes on it. So we would say, hey, a specific operator, whatever, their, their name, and we would say, hey, this is our numbers. This is our specific business model. What do you think? Would it, uh, could you please poke holes in it? So that, that was the whole process with that is pulling from others' experience. And then I don't know if I, I – I'm trying to determine what your question – oh. So, yeah, yeah, like how? Like what do you do about it? Like, I think that's the biggest concern for people is – you know, they figure they can learn how to, you know, obviously there's platforms out there like Bigger Pockets, there's mentors, there's books, there's plenty of video courses, how to, you know, we have one at Rebus University called Certified Real Estate Mogul Course that teaches people how to, you know, run numbers on properties and what to look for on properties and things like that. Small plug, if you want to have 50% off any of the courses on um Rebus University for the Certified Real Estate Mogul course. I'll give you 50% off with PH50 as a coupon. But anyway, Sterling, so, so how, what was the, like, what in, in your head and people listening are like, well, how am I going to get $1.2 million? You know, I mean, how am I going to raise that? And I know you had some contacts, but clearly it wasn't just all through contacts, was it, that you raise that money? I would say, no, it wasn't. And through that process, to start with your power base first, meaning 
uh, as friends of friends or even go down your family, uh, family chain. So your inner circle, there's someone most likely in your family that's a rich uncle that has capital and then start with that. And then you want to go outside. So the, the site I leveraged, of course, was uh, biggerpockets.com. So going on there and providing value to people, you can go on the forums and uh, answer questions. I wrote blogs on there and was able to bring value through that and get uh, uh, investors uh, that route. So there's those mechanisms. And then also you can attend networking events and then speak with others because now uh, let's say it's a doctor or a lawyer, or people who attend these uh, real estate focused events that they don't, they realize they don't have the time to find these deals. So you're solving their problem ultimately through bringing that value. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool. An item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox, full of items of utility simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox that's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999 that's toolbox to 444-999 And so uh, how many different people do you think made up the investment of $1.2, $1.3 million? Between about 30 to 40 uh, different individuals. Different people, as little as 10 or 20 grand, right? Correct, exactly. And some came from just randoms on bigger pockets. Some came from just, you know, randoms everywhere, right? Yeah, people across... People across the country and some international as well. And all these folks we've had, the, we, you just got to uh, build that rapport. And then also it comes from branding yourself as well. Ultimately, it's about give, give, give. And uh, another source that you can use as well is you, you just have to make yourself reputable. So reaching out to other podcast influencers and then touching on uh, specific subjects. So this goes back to determining who your ideal investor is and then figuring out where their eyeballs are and then also their ears and where they go. And, and how, did you, how do you keep from wearing, like a lot of people, you know, buying a $3 million apartment building, you know, by the time most people are just buying their first brand new car, <laughs> it seems stressing to them, right? Like how do you, like, like uh, how do you not stress or how do you not worry that you're making mistakes at such a young age, you know what I mean? And how do you have the, the mindset and the, the, the fortitude to just say, yes, I'm, I should be doing this? Yeah, that is a great question and, and one I haven't get given too much thought. I, I think just my personality, I'm just so accustomed to risk. But for other people that don't have that uh I would say backbone or specifically that muscle is you just ultimately have to build it 
And then maybe you uh, will have to partner with someone who does have that experience that will allow you to mitigate your risk even more. Right, right. So obviously, if you have a 50% partner, and is that what you did? Yeah, so I do have a, a, a partner in my company. He's the one that does uh, phenomenal in terms of the underwriting, uh, financials, and does a lot of cleaning up my uh, of my messes too. He's more so of the you're, you're like the visionary, uh, the money raiser. He's more like the 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 um, the visionary and the the implementer. He's more of the implementer and the and the um, uh, numbers guy. Left brain, right brain. Yeah, it, it, he's got more, I would say, the visionary, and I'm more of like the actual implementer. So it's, it's, it's kind of like a, a mix of things in terms of he's more of an introvert and behind the scenes numbers underwriting, but he also has that visionary. And then I'm more of the one that, hey, he's like uh, strolling. This is what I'm thinking. Go get it done, ultimately. And so what sort of returns uh, do you think people are chasing or are you, are you thinking you're going to get like, like on this new, this new one you just did or what's out there? What's realistic today? I would say specific investors are looking for double digits and it really just depends on the uh, specific asset itself. So if it's a D class asset, then someone's going to look for more uh, a higher return since it's more risk. D class, he means yeah. you know, oh. built in the seventies, you know, older, right? Lower, lower income, lower rents, things like that. And so the 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 more the D's are the uh, obviously the highest risk of, especially like I said, repairs. Um, things like that, and you're saying the D's obviously people expect twenty percentage twenty to make a twenty percent return or more. Is that what you're buying? I would say uh, we're more on uh, so a older built so C class asset in a C plus B minus neighborhood. So on those type of uh, assets, your investors are between about a ten to fourteen percent uh, cash on cash annually. And then on an IRR basis, which is a internal rate of return for all of the uh, for all of you for everyone out there, is between about eighteen to about twenty two percent. And what he's talking about with IRR it includes the disposition, means it includes him selling it, right? Which is hard to say because it's hard to say what he's going to be selling it for, what the cap rates will be, what the values will be, what the rents will be five years, ten years from now when he sells it. So. A lot of people don't like IRR. They just want to know about the cash on cash. If I put a hundred grand in, how much are you going to pay me every year? And he's saying uh, somewhere between uh, what'd you say, ten and twenty, right? Yeah, on the cash on cash, cash about on ten cash. to fourteen. Mm-hmm. Ten to fourteen. So double and, digits. Yeah. Okay. And so, what uh, what are you finding now? Like, I know multifamily popularity, like you said, is is more of a respected asset class than ever before. There's a lot of um, players in the game, right? Uh, some would say you're late to the game uh, almost. You know what I mean? I mean, you, you got four under your belt, which is good. But uh, if someone's starting out, right, brand new is probably late to the game in this, certainly. What, um, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with the demand? How do you deal with people that are you know, willing to chase returns that are less than 10% and, and take bigger risks. Yeah. And would you say in terms of how to find a deal or? Yeah. I mean, are you competing on the deals that you're buying or are you just buying them all off market? 
Yeah, so right now it's primarily off-market. And one thing I would mention to the audience out there, those of you who are just getting started, and especially in today's climate, on-market, it's highly competitive. And a lot of people are not willing to do that extra work to go the off-market and deal direct with the, the owners. So that's one thing that you can really uh, go the extra mile on, and that is uh, doing cold call, which is very effective direct mail, and also showing up in person. So it's all about mixing those different combinations in in order to get in touch with that decision maker to basically try and beat uh, all of your other competitors that are just trying to go through. So uh, you'll just show up at an apartment site and be like, you know, is the owner here or do you know how I can find the owner and go to his house? Yeah, well... Yes and no. More of I'll have a conversation with, I'll reach out to the owner and I've already had that relationship with them. And then that's when I'll uh, show up and say, hey, I'll be in town next week. How about we grab a cup of coffee and let's say they don't end up answering. I know that they're going to be at the community. I'll show up. So, yeah. <laughs> that's fascinating. That's great. That's good stories, right? And you've, and you've actually met some people that way just by asking when's the next time you're going to be there? Yeah, exactly. And one thing that I've really, and on a high level, ultimately what I've gotten from the acquisition side is even when you're buying, you're still selling yourself. So when you're reaching out to an owner of a property, you have to sell yourself to why they should sell to you. And through that is you just have to get creative in terms of following up with someone because most of these people know that they can put it on the market and get more. So you have to uh, figure out uh, if they're not interested now, what's another way that you can follow up with them without just being annoying, basically. Right, right. And, and, and what do you do? How do you follow up with them without being annoying? What do you do? Because people could use this in, in building listing inventory for, for real estate sales. I mean, they could use it for everything. Yeah, exactly. And specifically, let's say you're, you're an agent for all your agents that are uh, tuning in is uh, you can send, of course, your first postcard that says, hey, if you're looking to list your, your specific home, I can get you top dollar. So let's say you've sent that multiple times uh, that the, the second, uh, a good follow up is to actually be of value to that person. And then you can simply provide a, let's say, a sales comparison of all the surrounding properties that are nearby. So that's one route. And then also you can send them another follow-up or let's say you have their email address and say, so hey. you would do that of, of apartment buildings, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You'd cool. say, hey, just want to let you know that just like a realtor did. So you would do the same thing a real estate agent would do, uh, but just with apartments. Yeah, just anything that I can do to be of value. And then also I could send them information. Hey, are you familiar with a 1031 exchange, which a 1031 exchange for everyone out there is just a way ultimately to defer taxes. But right. some, some folks out there are not familiar with that process. So that's something, another way to follow up instead of just calling them and saying, hey. hey so just like, a, just like a real estate agent, you exactly. know, you're following up with them, you're providing value to them. And you're just giving reasons to keep calling. And they're like, that guy Sterling knows his stuff. You know, maybe I'll, uh, I'll entertain an offer. Go ahead. Tell me what you're going to give me. And then you can, you know, work the numbers. Well, th th this has been cool. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we chatted. I mean, this, is, this has been fun. Uh, I think there's a lot of lessons here for everybody to learn. And as far as thinking big, as far as, uh, um, 
you know, believing that you can do anything and that uh, as far as, uh, you know, make, I'm hoping that it'll make a lot of you guys feel bad that you're not investing in real estate. You know, there's a lot of false prophets out there uh, who work with investors and who sell investors and tell investors that they should be buying real estate and they don't buy it themselves. And I think a lot of the reasons they don't buy it themselves is because they kind of fear, right? They have a lot of fear of, of what could happen. And this, this I wanted Sterling to talk so that he can allay some of that fear because here he is, you know, buying all these apartment buildings, about four of them, you know, with essentially no fear. Um, yeah, go huge, go big. Because ultimately, I mean, that's what, what's the, the worst that can happen? Well, I know there's... An, could lose it all yeah that is <laughs> but you can start over so that's uh yeah that's true all right sterling well as you know everybody that comes on brings a free gift and uh we put that i'm going to put that on hybendigital.com backslash sterling white hybendigital.com backslash sterling white what is your free gift today yeah so i will be giving everyone a due diligence checklist Oh, that's cool. A due diligence checklist for an investment property or apartment building or what? Yes, a apartment building. So that right. way you got that's your awesome. I's and T's and circles dotted and crossed. <laughs> can, a circle you, in there. can you use this for a, you know, a fourplex, an eightplex, even the smallest one? Can you use yes. the same, same yes. checklist for? Yeah. Same process. And it would be most of those items uh, you can just, yeah, you would go above and beyond with the checklist. Okay. Okay, cool. So I'm going to put that, I'm going to put all of his information uh, if you want to reach out to him, uh, website, and of course his free gift at hybendigital.com backslash Sterling White. I'm also going to put it in the agent success toolbox, which can be found on hybendigital.com backslash toolbox, or you could simply text the word toolbox to 444-999. Sterling, thank you so much for coming on. If I'm ever in Indianapolis, Indiana, I will uh, look you up and uh, we can break some bread. You give me a tour of, of your developments there. Awesome. Will do. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button. Yes, Hit subscribe, please. The more subscribers that we get on Real Estate Rockstars, the better guests are attracted to the shows. We'll get more guests from the top companies, from the top teams, and even more celebrity guests like Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara Corcoran. Also, if you're not a member of our free Facebook group, go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio right on Facebook and join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives, and we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers, and I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram, as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.